Praise God for that combination. Mighty and merciful. Those two words and concepts don't often go together in the same person. Now that comes up here, Bunk. Yeah. Thank you. If you wouldn't mind, grab that that Fighting Irish golf bag, too. I'd appreciate it to set it up here. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Just sit up here by the light, if you don't mind. Thanks. Thank you for that, Taylor. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. As we continue to walk through this three-chapter letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, as they were going through some very difficult things, he addresses the issue of difficult things in this third chapter as he gets ready to close the letter. Verse 1 in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. And before I read that, um, I want to just say praise God uh, that Berto Spencer is back at his control panel back there. You can't see him, but uh, he's been through a, through a little ordeal, uh, heart, heart surgery, etc., and we are glad you're back, Berto. We appreciate your ministry. Even though we don't see it in here, we see it whenever we watch when we're, when we're not here. And so we appreciate you. Thank you. As well as all of our tech team, we appreciate you guys. And thank you. And, uh, and also, we've been praying for, uh, for Wyatt and Vicki uh, through September while they were in the UK. And they're back. And Vicki, it was great having you back up here today. But Wyatt and Vicki, welcome back. Glad you guys are here. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not everyone has faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. Verse 5. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Again, may the Lord direct your hearts. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit through his word. May he direct your hearts into God's love. God's love. God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's God's love. Not an easy kind of love, a hard kind of love, a sacrificial kind of love. The love that's demonstrated by the cross of Christ. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. We've talked about Christ's perseverance. We talked about his personal perseverance, what he went through, even up to that and then that. Amazing perseverance. And the Apostle Paul knew that the Thessalonians, facing the things that they were facing that day that he wrote this letter and the things that they were going to face, that they were going to need that same kind of perseverance that Christ had. 
And so he tells them that he's praying that God will direct their hearts into that perseverance, that they will recognize that it's not an unusual thing that they're going through having all these terrible things happen, but that somehow God is going to use those terrible things as he delivers them from them, and, and, and them from those difficult things, and as they continue through those difficult things, because some of the people that he's writing to in, Thessalon- in Thessalonica, some of them were going to die for their faith in Christ. Some of them, it was going to be worse than losing their job, although many of them lost their jobs. It was going to be worse than, than having people turn their back on them when they saw them in the street, because they thought, lots of people in Thessalonica thought that every bad thing that happened in their town was the Christian's fault. And so they not only fired them from their jobs and treat them bad, but they, they wouldn't even look at them as they walked down the street. They turned their back on them. They wouldn't let them in their stores to shop. But some of them were going to lose their very earthly lives for their faith in Christ. And so the Apostle Paul knew that they were going to need Christ's perseverance. And so as we've been thinking about that over the last couple of weeks, and even reading about part of it this morning, in that long scripture reading that I picked for you, and some of, I know some of you are thinking as you're reading that, what is he thinking? Why are we having to read this much of 2 Kings while we're standing up? And then some of you, when you had that thought, some of you remembered, oh, wait a minute, remember what Ezra made the people of, of Israel do? They stood for hours as the book of the law was read. And I've never done that to you. Um, just minutes. But there was a reason for that, and we'll get to that. Look with us to Hebrews chapter 12. We've been looking at this passage in, conjunct, in conjunction with 2 Thessalonians 3, as we see how the scripture is in agreement uh, with, with each other. You know, the, the, the Bible is full of different letters, different books, different prophecies, different history um, accounts, all written by these different authors. And as we read it, we see how it is all in agreement with each other. And here in chapter 12 of the letter to the Hebrews, and the, the, so that means that this letter that we're reading now was written to Jewish believers, all right? There were some Jewish, Jewish believers in Thessalonica, but not all. This letter was written primarily to Jewish believers. And he had just written Hebrews 11, obviously, right before 12. Um, and remember, the, the authors of these letters, they didn't number them. So it's, it's just from subject to subject as it flows. But Hebrews chapter 11 helps, you know, we, we put the numbers on them so we can find them easily. And Hebrews 11 is a, is a great, great passage of Old Testament believers. It shows some of the great believers and what they did, just a couple of the things that they did, and then how God blessed them. And some of them he blessed through very difficult times. For example, one of the first ones that he mentions in Hebrews 11 is Abel. You remember Abel? Cain and Abel, you know the story? terrible story. And Abel was the one chosen. You remember what he did? He had the audacity to prepare an offering for the Lord as the Lord had instructed. That's what he did. He worshiped the Lord as the Lord had instructed him and his family to do. 
Abel being one of the sons of the first family. His brother was jealous of the honor that God gave him to be able to use what he did because Abel, you know, took care of the, the livestock. And so he was able to, when he was offering the, the lamb as, as instructed, he was offering one of his, you know, one of his things that he, that he worked with. Cain thought it'd be good to offer stuff that he did too because he, he was a farmer. He did the, the stuff with the plants and the crops and stuff. And so he made a wonderful offering of things that he had raised and prepared. But that's not what God asked for. He wanted a lamb because he knew it was coming. That was a long time before that. But he knew it was coming and he wanted a lamb. Because remember who Jesus is, John the Baptist. Remember what he said when he saw Jesus coming? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Abel was declaring that Lamb as God instructed him to that day. Cain, trying to do a good thing in his own way, disobeyed the Lord. Even though he gave great crops, they were beautiful, the best. It's not what God asked for. And rather than confessing and repenting, And doing what God asked, he got mad, let the anger control him, killed his brother in jealousy. And here's what God says about about Abel, the brother that was killed. Though he's dead, he still speaks. Though he's dead, he still speaks. We're supposed to think about guys like him, according to Hebrews 12, when we're going through tough times. Look what God says, 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, including Abel, he just talked about Abel, he's one of them, such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter or finisher, completer of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul is trying to Get through to the Thessalonians. Don't grow weary. Don't lose heart. You need Christ's perseverance. And we look here again, as we did a couple of, over the last couple of weeks, to this passage in Hebrews 12, to find out a little bit more about how we do that. And we talked about fixing our eyes on Jesus. We talked about the joy that's set before us and, and how we know the word of God and the word of God and the promises of God will get us through those difficult times because we will see the joy that's coming. We will see the fruit that God is going to bear. Even if we have to go the way of Abel. That wasn't, you know, that wasn't the end of the world for Abel. Do you know that? That was the end of this world for Abel. But it wasn't the end of the world. Abel missed nothing being killed by Cain that day. But he's still speaking today because we're still talking about him. 
The writer of Hebrews included him in this great list of great men of God and women of God to follow their example. We're supposed to follow Abel's example, even if we get killed for doing the right thing. Because we'll still speak, even though we're dead, because we'll continue living. That's the great message of the gospel. That, that gospel message that, that we've been forgiven of our sins through faith in Jesus Christ because of his work on the cross for us. We were singing about grace this morning. Our salvation is a gift of God's grace. It's free to us. Costs Jesus a lot, but it's free to us. And he gives us the promise of eternal life. And so as we think about that, no matter what we're going through today, as we fix our eyes on Jesus, who had the joy set before him, and so he was able to do all that, we can do it too. But he gives us an encouragement here this morning. As we see this race that's set out before us, this life that we have to live, he says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. If we want to be standing at the finish line, victorious as he expects for us, then we've got to throw some stuff off. That's part of discipleship. That's part of following Jesus. Is throwing stuff off every once in a while. You start realizing, you know what? Something's weighing me down. What is, what is this? Do I, am I carrying something I don't need to carry? Am I concerned about something I don't need to be concerned about? I used, the, uh, I used the paper with the kids this morning. Do you know they still made these? <laughs> yeah, you can still buy these. Um, I, I was visiting with a friend this week who's, who's going through it. He needs the perseverance of Christ. And he said he realized that he had to quit the news to make it. He had to quit the news. The news was, was weighing him down. He started getting so concerned about the government and about politics and about the military and about, he was, he was just getting so concerned. He just, he just stopped. And he, he, I don't think he was even reading the paper. He had the news right there in his hand. He stopped it. And then he, he quit so severely that he didn't know about Afghanistan when it was happening. And somebody called him and said, what do you think about what's going on in Afghanistan? He said, what's going on in Afghanistan? And the other guy said, what rock are you living under? And when he told me that story, I thought, he's living under the rock. You know there's a rock, right? Jesus and his word are the rock. And I'm not saying give up your subscription, you already did that. Um, I'm not saying stop watching your news or listening to your news or whatever, unless you need to. And that goes with all these things that we're talking about. And that goes with all this stuff that I brought. You know, these are just little pictures. I purposely brought the whole bag because that's not just golf, that's also the fighting Irish. Two things I cherish. But I can't cherish that stuff too much. That's, that stuff can weigh me down. That stuff can, can get in my way. That stuff can keep me from, from being who I'm supposed to be and doing what I'm supposed to do. That stuff can cause me to lose focus. 
we all have got to look at our lives regularly. And that's one of the important reasons that we need to come together like this. In, the, in this bigger room and in the smaller rooms around, we need to be together so we can talk about the stuff that's going on in our lives so that we can hear from each other. Like, like I was encouraged by this guy as I was trying to minister to him going through this difficulty he's going through. He mentioned to me something that he did to help him survive. That was good for me to hear. Now I, now I get to decide, do I need to give up the news or am I handling it properly? Because it can be handled properly. Not all of us can handle it properly. We've got to know that. We've got to know that about all things. As we examine and look at our lives and ask ourselves, is there anything that's hindering me that I need to get rid of? And it can be stuff that we consider to be great things. I'm talking about, I mean, Edie had to take these off. They weren't getting the job done for. These are classics. Now, I'm not really a big fan of them. I'm not that big of a fan of them. My nephew gave me those, so I'm a big fan of them because of that. But they're classics. I wore those to the Monkees concert this weekend. Yeah, I went to the Monkees. I was supposed to take my granddaughter, but she got sick, so I took my sister and my dad. But I was wearing those, and people said, oh, cool shoes. I was hip for a moment, you know. It takes a lot to make this hip. Um, Even cool stuff. Even great stuff. Stuff that at one time in your life was a wonderful thing to be involved in. Now, maybe it's not. I don't know. I just got to figure it out for me. And, and of course, I'll help if you have questions or want to talk about it or whatever. But, but these are the decisions that we've got to make. Is there something hindering us from, from persevering in this race that we're on? Is there something holding us back? And it's not only... It's not only good stuff and stuff that can be good or bad, it's also the sin that so easily entangles us, that trips us up. Did you guys hear what you sang this morning? Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Did you, did you, I mean, you sang it. I mean, I, I don't I know all of you didn't, but I mean, lots of us did. Did you, did you hear that? You recognize that about yourself? Did it cause you, even at that moment, to do some confessing? Whenever, you, whenever you're confronted with your sin, remember, confess it. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, just do that. Don't hang on to it. That's one of the great gifts that we receive in the gospel. That's one of the things that Jesus bought for us, is that any time we realize that we're in sin, that we're doing something we shouldn't be doing, that we can go to him immediately and confess our sins. And he, the word of God, the, the apostle John said in 1 John chapter 1, he's faithful and just. Just. It's, it's, a, it's a requirement that he placed on himself as God to be fully just, that he would forgive us because we trust in Jesus. Jesus died for our sins. He's just. When he forgives us of our sins. And we hate doing that. We're embarrassed. We're shamed. We hate going to him with that sin, especially if it's one we've been to him for before. And we wonder, are we really serious? Why are we back here? We'll keep coming back here. Keep bringing it to him. That's part of the process that he uses in our lives to free us of those things. But remember, we cannot run this race with perseverance, 
if we hang on to all the stuff and all the sin that we keep loading ourselves up with. We got to get rid of those things. And, then, and it's an ongoing process. This isn't a one-time thing. This isn't something that we can say, yep, when I received Jesus back in 69, 1969, that was the year I received Jesus. You know, I haven't sinned since then. I haven't gotten encumbered by anything else. Nothing's been hit. No, there's been plenty of stuff hindering me. There's been plenty of sins that need to be forgiven and I got to get rid of them. I got to make some changes all the way along. All these, however many years, that's been a long time. All these, we got to keep taking care of that business because we're running a long race. Longer for some than others. Abel's ended that day. Jesus didn't live that long. Some of us will live longer than that. Some of us less than that. But all the way along, no matter how long our race is, we're to run it with perseverance. And he says that because he knows what we're facing. One of the things that we have to get rid of in our lives is false doctrine. It's one of the great hindrances to our perseverance because there's a lot of false doctrine out there that we can easily watch on TV or, or podcast or, or whatever that, that tells us that if we're believers in Jesus, that everything's going to be great all the time. There's a lot of that. And that, get, that gets in our head even if we don't buy that business. We hear it and we think about it and then we go through tough times. We think, man, there must be something wrong with me. Now, it doesn't mean there isn't something wrong with you. There is. That's a given. We know that from the word of God. Because there's something wrong with us, because we still have our, our sin nature, even though he's made us new in Christ, we still have to put to death throughout the scripture. You see the, the, the Jesus and the apostles saying, we've got to put this stuff to death. To death. That's part of the process. But Jesus never, the apostles never said, once you come to Jesus, then all your problems are gone and everything's going to be great. Especially if you give a little bit more money to my ministry. Because that's part of that doctrine too. Put that stuff away. Don't listen to that. Don't, don't let that get in your head. It's bad stuff. That's, part of, that's something that hinders us. That's something that needs to be thrown off. Read the word of God correctly. And that's not always easy. It's a big old book. As I mentioned earlier, with lots of authors. But it's not impossible to find out about those authors and to find out about the times that they wrote in, to find out about the things that were going on in their lives. It's not hard to do. It, it, it's, well, it is hard because it takes some work. It takes some effort. But that's what we do. That's what we're encouraged to do. Hebrews 11 should just, should just encourage us to jump into the Old Testament and read those things. Did you hear what Josiah did? Anybody ever heard of Josiah? We read about him this morning while some of you were grumbling about how long that was. Do you hear what he did? We didn't read the beginning of the story. There was more there. I didn't, I didn't read the whole thing or have, have, have Dan read the whole thing. You know what Josiah did? They were, they were doing some remodeling in the temple and one of the priests found a copy of the word of God. He'd never seen one before. That's how far they had drifted. He takes this copy of the word of God to Josiah. Josiah starts reading it 
and starts, what? We've been doing this? And we were supposed to be doing this? He's so convicted, he starts ripping his clothes. And then you see what else he did. We read about some of the stuff he did. A lot of stuff he did. Did you see all the stuff that Israel was doing? Did you see that stuff that he was getting rid of? Stopping the worship of a goddess that Solomon had introduced them to? Solomon? And from Solomon, there it went. Prostitution in the temple. Incense to these idols, sacrificing their kids to Molech. Literally, taking the babies that were born to them and killing them on the idol, Molech. They were doing that stuff. You know what Josiah found out? We got to get rid of this stuff. It's hindering us. We got to stop doing this stuff. And and he he was the leader. He said, I'm getting rid of this. I'm I'm knocking it out. We're not doing this anymore. And as you saw, a lot of the children of Israel were happy about it, but there were some plenty that weren't, and there was a rebellion. All you read the story. There were, there's a lot more than just what we stood and read today. It's good for us to read that. That was recorded for us. Did you know that? That was recorded for us. First Corinthians chapter ten. We won't turn to it right now. First Corinthians ten says that those stories were written down for us, and he describes us like this upon whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. That's his description of us. Upon whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. You know that's you? If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are one upon whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. You get to know Jesus personally. All of those Old Testament heroes in in chapter 11 of Hebrews and and all the other ones, they didn't get to know him personally like we do. We get to know him as our Savior and as our Lord. Not just looking forward to his coming. No, we get to know him. We get to walk with him. We get to talk with him. We get to hear from him in his word. Be careful of those who tell you that he's speaking to them in other ways. Listen to his word. This is the critical thing that he's given us so that we can know what he's telling us. So we can know how we're supposed to live this life. So we can know what stuff we got to start unloading. What sins we got to start untangling from. Know his word. Listen to his word. We're the ones upon whom the fulfillment of the ages have come. And all those stories in the Old Testament were written down so that we can learn from them. This morning we learned from Josiah. You got some Asherah poles to chop down? Chop them down. Etc. Etc. Just look at your life. Look at your life. Is there anything that's stopping you from running this race that God has called you to for His glory? Is it the people you're hanging around? Is it the people that are influencing you? I love music. There's some music you got to unload from. You got to get rid of. Not necessarily drums, Dave. I'm not saying that at all. Some great drumming. But it can mess you up. Either the time committed to it or what, it is, what the music is that you're committing to. Whatever it might be. And on and on it goes. 
Each one of us has to make those decisions, and we're all responsible for that, and we do it together within the body of Christ. Again, why it's good for us to be together. It's good for us to know each other. It's good for us to encourage each other. It's good for us to explore the scripture together, discuss it. So let me encourage you. When the going gets tough, and it might be tough right now, or it might be tough tomorrow, when the going gets tough, don't give up. Remember Jesus. And remember that his perseverance can be yours. It can be yours. Know what it is. Recognize it. As we saw last week, see it as the discipline that it is. See it as the, as the teaching that God's doing in your life. The preparation that he's doing. Because remember, the next life is the long one. It's the important one. Be ready for that. Use this one for that one. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for the perseverance of Christ and for your patience with us. What a picture of perseverance that is. That even after all those years in Israel, you still honored the repentance of King Josiah. Even as you'll honor our own repentance as we recognize some of the things that we need to chop down. And Father, it's even more remarkable that you love us so much that you've offered every one of us who believe the gift of eternal life through forgiveness of our sins. It's amazing. And we pray for any who are here this morning who haven't yet put their trust in you. They're still trying to hang on to the good things that they've been trying to do. Or they're still hanging on to the good things they're about to do, that they're planning on doing. Help them to know that there's no way to you but your, your son, Jesus. Help them to know that. Help them to believe that Jesus really said that and he really meant it. That he's the way, the truth, and the life and that no one comes to the Father except through him. Give them the faith, the courage, because it might cost them a lot. But give them the courage and the faith to say, yes, Jesus, I trust in you. I believe in you. Take me through this life and use me for your glory. Father, that's all of our prayer. Give us wisdom and courage as we make these decisions in our own lives about how to follow you in such a way that you'll be honored with every step of our race even those difficult ones, those hard ones, that you'll be honored by us as we live our life for your glory. We pray it in Jesus' name, our Savior, our Perseverer. Amen.